welcome to The Cannabis Professor, a marijuana science and culture podcast broadcasting from Pennsylvania to the rest of the nation and the world. My name's Scott. I'm your cannabis professor. And you know, of all the types of cannabis out there, I'm sure most of us have heard of cannabis sativa, right? Sort of the daytimey one, if you will. Sativa's for Saturday, some people might say. A lot of us have also heard of cannabis indica. You know, indicas put you in the couch, as some might say as well. And those are sort of the ketchup and mustard of the cannabis world. But the question we're going to look at today is, have you ever heard of cannabis ruderalis? That's right. It seems we have a third option on the table besides sativa and indica. And even though this may not have been a term you have heard before, it very well may have been a genetic that you have consumed because it seems that ruderalis may be very important to a grower, although to us consumers, we may be a lot less aware of exactly what value it presents to. So today we're going to take a look at exactly what it is, try to figure out sort of how it plugs into our system and understand what kind of factor it creates in moving forward with cannabis science. Now, before we get into it, I just have to remind everybody out there that although I do love cannabis and it is my day-to-day job to teach cannabis education, I am not a grower. I have never grown cannabis, although I do look forward to giving it a shot. But I have grown things before. Uh, I was tortured enough as a child to go through Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. And generally, you have to grow a couple of things before you get your merit badges all put together. So I am familiar with basic plant dynamics and even maybe a crumb of advanced plant dynamics. However, anybody out there who grows, if you hear anything I said that might be a little off canter, come at me on Instagram, slip in my DMs. I don't mind learning the hard way. You know, it's the only way we get ahead is by talking to people who know more than us, hopefully. And certainly the internet does provide. Now, ruralis is never anything I've seen on a container in a dispensary on either side of the counter. However, when I was looking into classifications of cannabis, it seemed to come up here and there. You know, not all the time, but on a couple other websites where they went real deep, maybe too deep at times. And I always wanted to kind of dig into it to figure out how it makes sense. So uh, if you were to look at ruderalis and compare it to sativa and indica, let me tell you right now, you would never confuse them. You see sativas to start out, you know, we often say sativas for Saturday, right? The daytime effects, cannabis sativas are very tall plants. Oftentimes people call them the basketball player because they can grow anywhere from like 10 to 20 feet tall um, and generally have kind of a smaller mass to them, sort of like most tropical plants, not too bushy. You know, most of the foliage is kind of spread apart in little bunches. I kind of think of it like a cannabis palm tree in a way. And certainly comes from a similar area of the planet, being more of a tropical-based plant. And that's sativa on the one side, the tall basketball player. On the other side, you have indica, which a lot of people might call the wrestler when they see it, because it's a lot more squat of a plant. I mean, not small per se, you know, 6 to 10 feet tall is a lot taller than I usually get to. However, they can pack on a lot more weight as a result of a smaller stature, just like a wrestler usually is a little thicker in the neck maybe a little more muscular than the basketball player, Um, you know, it seems that indicas do provide a very similar overall approach to their grow tactics. You know, squat, 
bulky, very thick, and oftentimes, dare I say, a little bit more potent, at least as far as the labs go, than a sativa. But we have indicas on that side, sort of the rocky uh, growing area plant, you know, harsher environment. And then you have sativa from the tropics. So the basketball player and the wrestler. And then you have cannabis ruderalis, number three. And this is going to be a very short plant, more than three times shorter than normal cannabis, regardless of its height. Uh, has very thick, strong stems. Uh, unfortunately, not necessarily long enough to make good hemp out of. So it's a scraggly little sort of tumbleweed. And because of its small stature, they often refer to Ruderalis as dwarf cannabis or even bonsai cannabis. So if that gives you any impression of what is an amazingly short plant, probably very easy to grow at home, I'd imagine, if it's between sort of a foot and three feet tall. A Ruderalis produces only a couple of branches. They have these very wide kind of fat leaves. So maybe indica-like leaves in at least the shape overall. But the overall structure of the leaf is different. It almost has like the Ninja Turtle three fingers to it versus sativas, which have like five or seven very thin fingers. And indicas, which have a very fat, dark green kind of five fingers on them as well. So Ruderalis has a couple of qualities, which mimics sativa and indica. But in height, it does not look very inspiring. Um, it's a feral plant, or at least feral applies to animals. So they call plants that are feral, ruderal. And this is why they call it ruderalis. Apparently, it's just kind of a background scientific term. And honestly, when I first looked it up, because I have taught ruderalis before uh, in the training class I run, I didn't really have much to say. Generally, uh, I just mentioned it was potentially a subspecies of sativa and that's because if you look on wikipedia it says that some scholars believe it may very well be an off branch of the sativa variety however then i was on some grower sites who sell a lot of seeds and they said it may very well be an offshoot of indica so i think at this point overall we can just consider it a third option at best you know it's not left it's not right maybe it's right in the middle somewhere and so it seems that overall, its name, you know, cannabis sativa, sativa actually means cultivar. It means something that grows really easy. Uh, cannabis indica was named for India, from what I'm aware of. So that was based on location. And so ruderalis is more, again, once based on how it seems to grow or the environment it grows in. It's a very hardy plant. It's the sort of thing you might see growing on the side of the road. It said it sort of competes with other real rough neck kind of plants. Like it might fight wheat or corn for some area to grow. So, you know, it's not as much of a big crop as it is just a, a, a bushy thing here and there. And it seems that the first time it was really identified overall was back in the 1920s. Now, sativa and indica were classified in the 1750s and 1780s. So, you know, a good 150 years before ruderalis was classified overall. It was found in modern-day Russia and southern Siberia by a Russian botanist. Big surprise there, of course. A man whose name I will mess up passionately in a moment. I believe it looks like it's pronounced uh, Janis Chesky or Janis Chusky. And it seems that he was in near the Volga River studying cannabis wild and came upon this third species. Now, how did he know that it was a different species, you might be wondering? Well, not only is location a big tell 
as far as whether or not you might be running into a different subspecies of a plant. But the size and shape of the leaves, the height of the plant, the way it grows, and especially the way it reproduces, you know, its life cycle. These are all ways that we kind of categorize life on the planet. And as a botanist, he was categorizing Ruderalis by these specific traits. Uh, now, it seems that it had some traditional use as a medicine already. You know, humans have generally found their way to using cannabis uh, through just practical trial and error over the years. Um, in old Russian and Mongolian folk medicine, it seemed that Ruderalis was used especially for treating depression. And so we have this sort of ancient plant from this area of Asia, the rocky, rough areas. I mean, Siberia, I think most of us know, not friendly temperatures for humans. You know, some of the coldest, I think, towns that exist actually are in Siberia, or at least some of the coldest temperatures that humans live in consistently. You know, certainly not the area I want to go to. But, you know, Ruderalis was out there in history providing a basic level of sort of local medicine in Russia, Mongolia. Now, really, that was back then. So how did it come into our lives, right? Why does Ruralis matter now? And one big part of it is sort of one of those botanist classification areas. Ruralis has a very unique quality to it. Obviously not its height specifically. Um, and it does grow very fast, although most cannabis grows really fast. So I don't know if that's so specific to Ruralis as it is to the whole cannabis family. But generally, it wasn't until the 80s that seeds of Ruderalis were brought uh, into the cannabis world, generally brought to Amsterdam, right? Which I think was the first chill capital for cannabis on the planet. And it seemed that they were brought in to enhance the program of the seed bank and help with some of the breeding projects there. Now, the thing that Ruderalis does that's different than cannabis indica and cannabis sativa is something called autoflowering. You know, this is very specific to it. And this is one reason why we probably have had some Ruderalis in our fingertips, in our bowls, blunts, and maybe even on our dab rigs without knowing it. Um, apparently, autoflowering is a very, very valuable trait to have in any plant, especially one that is elective, you know, where you can have Ruderalis with autoflowering or you can have Sativa and Indica, which do not autoflower. Now, for those of you out there who are not aware of what autoflower means, what it means is that the, the plant kind of has a program it's running on its own. It automatically will put itself through the stages of life, sort of like a human being in a way, right? Like we're born, and then sometime between 10 and 15, uh, we start going through our like ripening phase, if you will. We start you know, going through puberty, and then sometime between like 20 and 25, we kind of finish up the last couple growth spurts and puberty phases. And then sometime, you know, maybe in our 40s or 50s, we start going through the later stages of, of aging where, you know, you have to get weird checkups and stuff. So, you know, we kind of have a natural pace. Our genetics unlocks. No matter where you are on the planet, you hit around 13 years old, you probably start growing hair in some places where you didn't used to grow it. No matter where you are, you know, depending on certain people, by the time you hit 50, you probably have a at least a couple of gray hairs, right? And so it seems that Ruderalis has a similar timer mixed into it. Uh, when you plant Ruderalis, it seems that it'll go through a vegetation phase where it's growing in height, trying to get its sort of bones together, if you know what I mean. And that can last anywhere from sort of three to four weeks. 
and then the flowering phase will kick in automatically and it will complete after 90 to 110 days. But with sativa and indica, that's not the case. You know, how exactly do growers get normal plants to flower, to produce buds, you know, to kind of mature to the point where we can use them, you know, to get into the state we may consider ripe? Well, normally, cannabis sativa, cannabis indica use things called photoperiods, you know, periods of light. And that will use, uh, the plants use those periods to tell when to change their growing behaviors. So uh, right now, as of recording, I'm recording right towards the end of September. It's just, it's almost the first day of autumn, actually. So over the summer, you know, if cannabis was outdoors, it would get a lot of light. And that would tell it to grow through its vegetative phase, where it's able to get height and stalks and leaves and everything it needs to be nice and healthy. And then right as you start hitting this time of year, September, the light cycle starts changing, getting less sunlight. Then the cannabis plant immediately knows less sunlight means time to reproduce, time to make some buds and start prepping for the next season. And so you have to change the light cycle for sativa and indica. You know, growers have to think at what point they have to change the light cycle so the cannabis plant will start producing flowers. And as you imagine, this can be a difficult thing to nail. You might be too early or you might be too late. And that's going to definitely change the outcome of the product. So it's a real blessing if you're a grower who doesn't have the time to deal with the light cycle, who maybe doesn't have the experience even to deal with the light cycle. Maybe you're a novice grower at home and you just need a smaller plant because you don't have 8 to 20 feet to be able to grow these amazingly gorgeous monster plants. So instead, you get an auto-flowering seed or what they call auto-seeds, which I've actually heard of from certain people that I know who try to grow on their own. And they're like, oh, they auto-pop. You know, They kind of take care of it on its own. You don't have to be so good at every piece of growing tactics to be able to get some cannabis uh, grown under your own thumb. So that means that seeds become more affordable and you can get a pretty good plant with some pretty nice ruderalis buds or ruderalis hybrid buds. And as a result, if you ever see auto flowering seeds, you now know where ruderalis comes in. Whenever there's an auto flower, that's some ruderalis right there. I think a lot of home growers have probably already started using these before. You can get a plant in three months, you know, three and a half months, where sometimes, you know, really good cannabis, if it's a, you know, being curated properly, can take five months, six months, even eight months if you're really taking care of it. So to have such a short plant with such a short grow time is actually pretty solid. You know, Woodrallis might have sounded like a tumbleweed at the start, but we can see now that it has a lot of promise as far as how it helps cannabis grow. And this is something that growers have acknowledged for a while, you know, I guess at least since the 80s when it was brought into the Amsterdam market. And so in modern day grow tactics, what a lot of growers will do is cross Ruderalis with other marijuana types to be able to get genetics to stabilize and auto flower quite a bit. That way you're not getting such a shrub, which Ruderalis is on its own. You can get a taller plant if you have a strong sativa genetic that pulls it where you go through a couple of genetic uh, sort of generations uh, and try to pronounce more sativa traits, but maintain that autoflowering characteristic. It's almost like, you know, if your parents had a kid and everybody's brown hair, brown eyes, but one kid had blue eyes and brown hair, you realize that one quality made it through. 
And I think that's what a lot of growers are trying to do. Um, still maintain the auto flowering quality because it just makes life easy, you know, for certain types of growers without ruining the amazing yield that you get and the high potency because we all know that sativas and indicas do make some gorgeous products. And ruderalis doesn't seem like it provides nearly the same extent of medicine. Now, if you were going to look at Rudy, good old Rudy, and try to see how much medicine it provides, well, you're going to be left wanting, my friends. I guarantee a ruderalis on its own, as we said, is like a shrub. It doesn't really have very good buds, nothing compared to its you know, brother and sister, Indica and Sativa. And also, generally, ruderalis grows with a lot more CBD than modern cannabis does. So as a natural plant, it kind of grows with a one-to-one ratio of CBD and THC. And that means that it's going to give you a feeling of well-being, maybe a little bit of a head spice, but you're not going to get that like really punchy sort of inebriation that I think a lot of rec market and even medical market users are looking for. You know, we're kind of all into it for the high, you know, or some level of headspace and euphoria, and thus ruderalis on its own doesn't really provide too much. It's not high potency very much, and it does technically grow with a balance to it. Now, anybody out there who's listened to some of the old episodes knows that if you have CBD included with THC, um, CBD can dampen the effects, kind of make it not so peaks and valleys. And that means that not only is it growing less THC, but the CBD is going to nullify some of the THC's um, spiciness. And that means, you know, we're talking about a much weaker overall effect, at least on the user's perception. It's probably still very good healing medicine for the core of the medicinal use of the plant. Now, funny enough, sativa and indica used to grow this way too as far as the cannabinoid um, profile. They grew originally as one-to-one plants. From what I could see back in the day, if you go to high times in the late 70s, you see some rough-looking plants, my friends. Dare I say, very ruderalis-looking buds in that, like, I think one was like Saigon Gold and Colombian Gold, maybe, something like that. It kind of looked like rough-looking weed. And ever since that point, you know, we've been selectively breeding it and doing genetic crosses and really just messing with the recipe so much that sativas and indicas are usually just THC now, but ruderalis still grows the way it does wild, you know, with a balanced approach. However, you know, that means that you're not really looking for it for potency. You're really looking for it for that specific genetic characteristic that it has as for growing. So, you know, when you get ruderalis closer to its raw genetics, it is not something you're going to be real impressed by. Sure, it works, but it's it's a handicap in a way as far as its potency. We may see more of it in the future, but I'm not even sure we'll ever see it really written on a jar. Uh, Maybe only if you find like a bespoke grower or somebody who's really trying to work an angle just because if you didn't know what ruderalis was, it might just sound cool enough to buy and try out. But now if you listen to this episode first, you'll know. Uh, If it was just straight ruderalis bud, you're probably going to get, again, a fine product, but a rather less potent product overall, or maybe something that's going to be a little bit more balanced in its approach to inebriating you. Although from what I can tell, it might be a little bit of a lighter green, but the bud structure will change to a little bit of a looser overall structure. But they are thick and sticky from what people say, and they do usually look pretty nice. Um but definitely different. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled when you see a strain in the dispensary that might change a little bit. 
you know, maybe they mix some ruderalis into it. We're never really sure. You know, I've never seen it, as I mentioned, on anything, any documents, any information in the Pennsylvania medical marijuana market, I can say confidently. But as I'm not a grower and I have not been able to run through a grow room at all, believe me, much like you out there, if you haven't been able to see it, I also can't wait till the day I actually get to run through those beautiful fields of green. Um, It's sort of one of those experiences you just hope to have at some point. I can tell you right now, confidently so, that one of the questions you're damn right I'm going to ask is, any ruderalis in the building I can take a look at? Because I'm just very curious to know exactly what the differences are once you're really in the room itself. And as I said, uh, you know, if I ever really get to be in one of those rooms, I guarantee you I'll make a recording, let you all know exactly what I was able to hear about, learn, and potentially create even more questions for. But Cannabis Ruderalis, my friends, that's it in a nutshell. An interesting sort of Asian style of cannabis that really presents an amazing and unique quality. Autoflowering versus having to use photo periods like sativa and indica. And, you know, for anybody there who may not have thought about growing, now you know that there may be a very nice entryway into growing cannabis. Just get yourself some autoflowering seeds and, you know, just some basic lights and nutrients and let let the plant figure it out. See if you get lucky. You might just have a talent you didn't even know about. And I can at least tell you as far as a person who works in cannabis, because I know Europe's going live slowly, you know, the whole world hopefully soon will have some access to cannabis somehow. Um, Being a head grower, working in a grow facility, man, ain't a bad job. Those cats get paid quite a bit of money. So if you like botany, if you're really into genetically crossing plants and, uh, you know, the Punnett Square, all those sorts of amazing things, by all means, uh, you know, jump on into Ruderalis and even Cannabis Afghanica, the fourth classification that we'll go over in another episode because I can tell you there's a lot in those studies that can really show you where cannabis is moving and why cannabis is moving in certain directions. But that's all I have for you today. So thank you very much for joining me and giving me a listen. I hope this was beneficial. Maybe you learned something because I just say I learned quite a bit in this research. Um, I'll be back with you again in another week with some more interesting topics. Hoping to actually get uh, the one gentleman who does some of the buying for one of the best dispensaries in PA to come back around. Uh, That way we can really start getting into some of the real nitty gritty of what marijuana is all about on the business side of things. So until next time, my friends, I hope you stay safe out there and be sure to grow knowledge and extract truth. Until next time, get medicated.